Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. If you would like to get in, now's a good time to do it. Um, And, you know, the last two segments of this hour will be good times to do it. We will not be able to have Coach Gary Broadhead like we normally do on Wednesday because they're traveling. He tried to figure out maybe if he could do it in between this flight and that flight, but it, it, it's not going to work out. So that just happens sometimes. So we will not have Coach Gary brought here, but we will have uh, Koki Riley at about 9.15 in the next segment and Jake DeLome for two segments starting at 10 o'clock is the plan. So look forward to talking Super Bowl, NFC South issues, and other things with uh, Jake Hatton. Spoken with Jake in a while, and it's always a good time getting to get caught up with him, especially now on uh, on, on on Super Bowl week. Um, the I, I was, you know, halfway joking with Dawson before. I said exactly what was the official footnotes radio program response to the Pelicans' ten game winning streak, and I remember I asked him. On the air last week, and, and, and it was like, um, that means they're due to win. It, it, it's it's more of a baseball mentality. Uh, it, it, you know, if you're pretty good. Now, look, I don't know that LSU men's basketball team is due to win because I don't know that they're really any good at all. But we know the Pelicans are pretty good. So when you're pretty good and you've lost that many in a row, that just means you're due to win. That's what it means. And so our, our, our friend Nick was ready to jump off the ledge, and now they've won three in a row. So I say let's – it's time for, you know, just get greedy and think of Moses Malone, full, full, full. And um, I, I might as well win this fourth home game because you got a lot of road games after that. So we'll see how – all of that plays out, and we'll certainly um, get to the Derek Carr situation or speculation as well. For now, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. I was coming back from church back in 94. when uh, It was a Wednesday evening when Wayne Gretzky, when he broke a uh, Gordie Howe record, the gold record. Um, I remember, I think, the 94 season when Jerry Rice he caught that pass. And he became the all-time uh, NFL touchdown leader. I saw that. I saw Barry Bonds hit the home run, I think, against the Padres. And I was asleep last night, man. One of my, my favorite <laughs> players. <laughs> became the all-time leading scorer. I was, I too. Was, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> no, that, to me, I'm, Jerry Rice, my, I know you don't like I know that's a, cuss word, a curse word to you. But Jerry Rice, my... Probably my favorite athlete ever. Oh, is, come on, Jay. All the conversations we've had, you're going to do that to me? Well, you know, my child, I, I can't, you know, that's that's Mississippi, man. I, I get it. But they got a lot of athletes but, from Mississippi. 
and I love them too. I love, <laughs> love uh, no, I'm serious. Like, like these, these, these men were part of my childhood. So oh. that, that's the, you know, but anyway, um, yeah, I'm glad. Uh, congratulations to LeBron James, um, passing up Kareem, but, um, yeah, and, and it's uh, unfortunately they lost, but it, it's crazy, man. I don't think it's bad. Well, of course he gets his credit, but just the idea that this man was even going out to even try to score points like this, and he ends up with all the time. Now, of course, you know he started playing the league at eighteen. He started right away. That helps. But look, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, beauties to what LeBron James has done. One of them is he was a mega mega build up as a youngster and most people like that don't come through and he has been had a spectacular career most guys who break records like he just broke do it when they're just hanging on uh and they're not really elite players anymore and he may not be as good as he used to be but he's still an elite player and so go ahead i'm sorry no make your point so I'm just saying, I mean, I know there are a lot of people that don't that are anti-LeBron because they get caught up in all these silly arguments. But, you know, again, he, he, he started out as a great player, and he just broke the all-time scoring record, and he's still an elite player. I mean, to me, that's just incredibly impressive. I'm going to go back to what you said. Uh, when Kareem broke the record in 84, he still – he was still putting up some. Uh, no, he he was still he was still a good player, but I don't think he yeah, was as I, I knew it, as I knew close it. to number one in the league as LeBron is. You know what's crazy, man? Like, I kind of I saw this happening. Like, man, I, I was talking to my friends like years back. I was like, man, LeBron's ended up breaking his record. It was like I don't know because uh, at first we always thought Carl Malone would do it. And then once Carl Malone he was injured, his knees he was done. Like, you know what I'm saying? So right. Like, yeah, this is why like I, I when Carl yeah, Malone came to the Lakers, he was he wasn't even a good player. So I mean, if he would have broke it, then he would just hanging on to break it. But that, that's not the LeBron. He was a good player. He averaged twenty. Uh, for a man, he, he, he wasn't he, at the end of his career. He was not good. Not like I agree to disagree on that. Well, of course not, man. He's thirty. Of course, you know he right. had, you know he put in the playoff games, the battles. You know, he was he's been battle tested, but. Look, you have a good one, and uh, thank you. All right, thank you. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Um, I was calling just to get some clarification because I don't know if I'm the only person that just doesn't understand and maybe I'm missing something, but why would the Saints be in such a hurry to sign Derek Carr, who I don't think is that great of a quarterback, obviously – Las Vegas doesn't think so either because they're moving on from him. But why would we be in such a hurry to sign him before the um, the date when he becomes a free agent and give up any picks or anything? Couldn't we just sign him after that and then we're not on the hook for his big uh, cap hit as well? I, I don't know if, like I said, if I'm missing something, but I'm hoping maybe you can clarify. And, well, and I, I think the reason why the reason why you do it is because you want to get him. If he becomes free agency, then you have zero control over getting him. I mean, you hope you hope that you might be able to get him once he becomes a free agent, but there are a lot of teams that Derek Carr would be an upgraded quarterback for, including the New Orleans Saints. So, 
I think you just do it to try to get him. Now, yeah, there will there will definitely have to be some renegotiations. I mean, uh, of of a contract at, at some point. But again, we talked about that last week. You do it, and look, did I do I want to give up a third round pick? No, I, I was kind of hoping for a fourth round pick. Now they're talking third round pick, which is not a tremendous difference, but there's a difference. But no, I get what you're saying. The problem is if you don't get him, then where do where do you go? What do you do at that point? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, I see what you're saying. But, <clears throat> again, I mean, to me, Derek Carr is not that big of an upgrade over Andy Dalton. I mean, in, in you know, the grand scheme of things. I mean, he had the best wide receiver, you know, coin toss between Devontae Adams and Jordan Jeff- or Justin Jefferson. So, you know, and he couldn't even make that work. So how's he going to come to the Saints and just all of a sudden our offense is going to just well, you know, be reignited? I, I, oh, I don't know I'm, that the yeah. offense is going to be, like, super fantabulous. But, again, the Raiders don't play any defense, and the Saints do. So, I mean, it. you know, I, I, yeah. I, he, he doesn't need to come here and score 30-something points to win. I mean, they just, last year if they just scored 20 points, they win 10 or 11 games. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, all right. That was my question. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks. No, look, I get the reservation. And when this whole rumor process started, I was like, man, I'm I'm good with a four, but I don't really want to give up more than that. And then it hit me what I said yesterday. Like, if you get a if you give a third, let's just say it happens and the rumors are accurate, and you give up a third, if he's a bust and you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna be People, Saints fans are going to be angry. But if you give up a third and he's a, a, a good to above average starting quarterback, I'm not saying he's going to become a Hall of Famer, but if he's an above average starting quarterback for the next four to five years, say four years, then it's worth the third round pick. It just is. Now, especially since what is your alternative? Like, well, other people say Jimmy G. I don't. First of all, I don't think Jimmy G's coming to New Orleans. But even if he does, I think he's better than Jimmy G. And and if and if you don't get either one of them, then who are you gonna get? Like, I mean, you want to talk about a golf at that point? It, it, let's say Derek Carr goes to I don't know the Jets or wherever, and, and, and Jimmy G goes to someone else, not New Orleans. Like, what's the, the next best option? Is Pick, I guess, drafting a rookie and starting crawfish again if you re-sign him. I mean, I, I, I mean, what's the? To me, the options go cons, get considerably worse. Again, I don't think Derek Carr is elite, but I think he's somewhere between ten and fifteen. And I'll take, but because crawfish is not between ten and fifteen, he can't throw down the ball down the field. He he likes to back up and take sacks. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Kev. I, I got to agree with you. I mean, if you don't go after Derek Carr, I think the Saints fans are going to be more upset that you didn't try to get him because he is a step up. He's not a Joe Burrow step up, but he is a step up from what you have now. You got to try everything you can to get him in. Um, at least you get him in. He's got some receivers to work with. You're going to have a shot. Back to LeBron. Uh, be glad you slept last night. I'm not a fan of LeBron, but I respect what the man has done. 
but the whole thing of stopping the game for 15 minutes was ridiculous. I mean, I, that's the first time I tuned into an NBA game, but, you know, I wanted to see it happen. It's a huge record that uh, now I don't know who's going to break it from here. Uh, amazing accomplishment, but for them to put on the pageant that they did, showing a bit, I mean, this is stuff you do when you, you become a Hall of Famer, not when you break a scoring record. We've seen a bunch of scoring records in our lifetime, and yeah, they'll stop the game for a few minutes, but not what you had last night. That was ridiculous. So be glad you slept through it. Well, again, I'm not for really. I'm not for. I'm not a pomp and circumstance guy. But it is a record that was you know was around for what 39 years, and so yeah. I get the pageantry of it. Plus, the NBA typically goes a little more overboard on that kind of stuff anyway. So that's not a surprise. I didn't know how long it lasted. But again, I, I I'm not for. I'm not. I'm not for all that. So I get what you're saying, but it's not a surprise because it has been around for 39 years and the NBA goes overboard more than the other two sports of really playing up their players. So that's not a surprise. Well, and then especially if it was orchestrated by LeBron, I mean, because, you know, he he had everything. But you may, you know, to me, if you break someone's record, the first thing you do is you run up to that person and acknowledge it. No, it was a good five, six minutes before he even acknowledged Kareem, who was just standing patiently on the side waiting for him. Uh, it was all about, look at me, look at me, look what I did. And that's fine and dandy. Uh, but do that after the game. You know, acknowledge it, have a have a brief thing, and then after the game, you want to have a big old to-do, go for it. But that's just my take on it. I understand. I understand. Appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. Look, I, I'm trying to get through a busy week. And I got guys texting me, forget about Derek Carr. They're getting Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson? That's what you, y'all love rookie quarterbacks. Zach Wilson. I know I, I'm talking to a Zach Wilson love over here, but I mean, I. But no, I don't. I do not want Zach Wilson. I would much rather Derek Carr than Zach Wilson. Okay. But okay. I will say with the record thing, uh, they did basically the same thing when Breeze broke the touchdown record. Which yeah, I, I didn't like weird. that either. I, 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 I don't like all that. I don't like all that stopping the game stuff. Like you're get, still playing a game that matters in the course of the season, and yeah. I feel like it's pretty unfair to the opposing team and really, I mean, your team as well to just all of a sudden have a second halftime. But anyway, yeah, I'm not. I'm not for all that stopping the game and all that silliness. But I'm not a player guy, so I'm, I'm not. I get it. I'm not like mad about it, but I, I, you know, I didn't like when they stopped the game for all the breeze stuff either. I'm like, let's move on. Let's go. Let's go. All right, we'll take a timeout and come back with Cokie Riley on the other side. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on The Game. We have with us Cokie Riley. How are you, sir? Doing great. How's it going? 
Well, we are got lots going on. We got NFL rumors. We got the Super Bowl. We got the start of baseball and softball season. Basketball's going on. You know how it is. All these seasons are kind of starting to collide. Plus, at the high school level, we've got all these playoffs that are soccer playoffs have started. The state wrestling tournament, the basketball playoffs are about to start. It's uh, many seasons colliding. You know how that goes. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's an exciting time for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, the NCAA tournament's coming up pretty soon too. So, a- a- absolutely. All right. So, one of the questions that came up yesterday: What was the first Super Bowl that you really remember and enjoyed watching? Ooh, um, as someone who grew up in Massachusetts. Um, as a diehard Pats fan, um, the first one I really, I, I mean, the first one I watched, I know, was like the Colts Bears one in 06, 06 season, 2007. Um, the first one I watched in full was the, uh, I only watched the beginning of that game. My parents didn't let me stay, stay up. Um, but the first one I watched in full was, the, I mean, at least for me, the infamous Helmet Cats game. And, um, the Giants-Pats Super Bowl that next year. Like, that was probably one of the craziest football games I've ever seen, period. Um, and uh, I, I remember being, like, really distraught as, like, a, a seven, eight-year-old kid watching that uh, at the end of that game. Uh, so, I, I can imagine. Uh, and, you, and you saw more of the bears coach Super Bowl than I did because I didn't see a play. But from everything I heard, it was not a good Super Bowl. But – um, uh, yeah, that Bears the Bears Super Bowl was not a very good Super Bowl. I remember I think I watched Devin Hester return the kick, but I don't remember a ton else from that. Again, I didn't stay up for that game, but um, uh, but the first full one, like the first real one, was the Pats Giants eighteen and one game. So, right, right. Uh, yeah. All right, so you know we're not going to talk a lot about. LSU men's basketball because there's not a whole lot to talk about with you know with them on the long losing streak. But let me ask you this: Do you think? Are you concerned that that like let's say they lose out that that could impact their ability to recruit? Or when you're in the SEC and you're LSU, you're gonna and theoretically there's jobs to be taken because um, of all the losing. So. How how worried would you be about the recruiting impact that that could have moving forward? Um, I, I wouldn't worry too, too much. Uh, first of all, there isn't a long track record of losing. You know, I think that might, that maybe it would become more of a factor if that was the case. The fact that this has just been one season and this has been the first season for really everybody involved. Um, I think that's a factor. Um, and to, to be honest, I, I think just like the recruiting track record of a lot of the guys on the staff, um, guys like Cody Topper, guys like uh, obviously a coach, coach like Coach McMahon, I, I think their recruiting track record and their track record of developing players, uh, you know, the, the likes of a John Morant, um, I, I think that sort of like like supersedes uh, one bad season at the at the front of the helm. I mean, if you look at Matt McMahon's track record, his first year Murray State wasn't wasn't very impressive at all. I think they were below 500 that season, if I remember correctly. So yeah, I, I think anyone can get over one season in terms of recruiting. Um, and really, you know, wanting to develop a program moving forward, and, and I think LSU fans just need to be patient with him. I mean, from not just a recruiting perspective, from and really an everything perspective, just since um, it takes time to build up these things, and for anyone, and then when you have an NCAA investigation on top of it, and you're replacing, uh, I mean, all but three players on the team, 
one off season, I, I think that requires a lot of patience. And that six year contract he signed, I think shows that. So, you know, there are a few people I've heard that, you know, read or seen on social media that are kind of down on him. But, I mean, really, it's almost futile to criticize right now to me. Yeah. No, I, I mean, absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, he probably doesn't have the roster he wants at the moment. I mean, this team needs uh, certainly some roster reinforcement, uh, whether it's long, more long-term guys, um, more shooting. I mean, they, they have an array of needs that – that they need um so yeah i mean he just needs he just needs time he needs more resources he needs to be in a better situation in order to build this thing up i mean uh, when they put this roster together they had to piece it together pretty quickly right they didn't really have you know years of recruiting underneath their belt you know like pushing the lsu brand in order to put this team together so um uh yeah again it's just going to take time and i think lsu fans have to be patient about that all right, so from a bigger, larger um, SEC um, viewpoint, do you do you like this like SEC versus Big Twelve stuff, or do you think that just gets in the way and more damaging potentially than been any benefit from it, or do you like it? Um, I, I, I feel like that. Hmm, interesting question. Um, I, I, honestly, I, I think that. Uh, this is. I, I think it mostly helps. Um, I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's too too damaging. I, I think it's good to sort of understand like where you are in the hierarchy of college sports when you know you're going up against one of the best conferences in college basketball uh, year after year. I, I know the as this is this was the last year of the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. Next year they're going back to the SEC ACC Challenge. Um, so I, I think that's going to be interesting to see how that sort of shakes out. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think playing a team like Texas Tech or TCU last season, and, um, I, I think it's I, I think it's pretty solid uh, uh, to, to be able to be, I guess, compared um, against the, against a team like that. You know, once a year, sort of get that break in the middle of the conference schedule. So, what do you think the Alabama Oklahoma score will mean? You know, in March. Ooh, um, it, maybe it's a preview, but I, I think that I, I, I look at a game like that and I, I just sort of – I mean, obviously every team has its off games, but when you play with the style of basketball that Alabama plays and you're, you may be susceptible for something like that to happen because, you know, this is a team that's very reliant on hitting three-point shots. They play very modern – extremely modern style of basketball. Um, defensively, they definitely try to keep you out of the paint with a guy like Charles Bediaco. Um, but if you're hitting your threes and Alabama's missing their threes and you have a little bit more energy energy on that day and Alabama's really not up to it, um, the, uh, like the right formula can create a, a big explosive like a game like that. So, um it's definitely surprising that it happened, but I don't think I don't want to put put too much. Um, I, I guess like negative energy toward Alabama heading into the tournament because I still think that's a team that can win the national championship. I think they have um, the depth and the pieces to do it. So I mean, if they're in the final four, I might even pick them to make the final four, depending on how the how the bracket shakes out. Still, uh, I don't I don't think one game is 
should change that too much. All righty. So LSU baseball, college baseball, what about nine days away? Um, is there, I mean, I don't know what else could be said at this point until you start playing some games, but when the, when we get into the early season, what are the what are the main things you're going to be looking for? Is it defense or is it like okay, let's get really get established conference rotations early on? What are the main things you're going to be looking for? Yeah, I'm going to be curious to see how this pitching depth sort of shakes out. Um, who's the Sunday starter? I think we have a pretty good idea who the Friday and the Saturday starter are, uh, which is going to probably be Paul Skeens and Thatcher Her in that order. So, yeah, I'm sort of curious to see how that shakes out, who who are some of the midweek rotation guys. Um, and, and even on Sundays, like, are they going to go one guy and then just straight to the bullpen, or maybe they, they just pitch two starters that day? Um, how, do those, how do those depth guys perform? I'm really curious to see that stuff. And then, um, I mean, like you said, defensively, I'm sort of curious to see how that shakes out, right? Like, how, how good does Tommy White look at third base after not really playing that position last season? Uh, how does Jordan Thompson look at shortstop after struggling there last season? Um, who's the second baseman? Who's the primary defensive second baseman? Uh, what's the corner outfield situation going to look like? So, yes, this team, they are the best team in the country. Um, they have a ton of depth, uh, but there are still some question marks as to who's going to as to who's going to play where and how. So um, I'm curious to see how all that stuff sort of uh, figures itself out as, as we as they march into conference play because that's when that's when the real tough start tough stuff starts. All right. So covering baseball is very different than basketball and and very different than football. It's kind of a different mindset, a different, like, are you ready for the actual baseball season or do you kind of look forward and relish the actual baseball season? Mm. Um, Yeah. I mean, baseball is my favorite sport personally. Um, Again, that's a very subjective opinion, but yeah, I mean, I am, I am, fully in on this baseball season. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited for it to get started. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I just, that's just baseball season in general and major league baseball, college baseball, all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, with this LSU team, I, it's, it's going to be really, really interesting to see uh, just how it all shakes out. Right. Because I mean, in a lot of time, in a lot of seasons, and a lot of times, the, the preseason number one team doesn't end up being the number one team who that wins at all, doesn't matter what sport it is. I mean, that's especially true in college baseball. So, well, it's um, been a long time. Wait, right. Has it been like twenty some years? Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, um, I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any team off the top of my head, but like, yeah, I mean. We'll see, but it's also at the same time it's also hard not to see this team in in Omaha just just given how much talent they have and how well coached they are. And, um, I mean, when you're bringing in a major league pitching coach to try to fix your pitching staff, I mean, it's hard enough to do better than that. You know, it's hard enough to do more than what Jay Johnson has done this past offseason. So um, we'll see. All right. So who are you pulling for in the Super Bowl, and who do you think is going to win? Ooh, great question. Um, okay, so I, I I'm a, I'm honestly not sure who I'm pulling for to be totally honest, but 
I guess I'm just pulling from where I picked, and that would be the Chiefs because I picked the Chiefs to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl a month, like a month and a half ago when the playoffs first started. Um, I, I've really tried to stick with my original picks, and I've gotten every pick in the playoffs right up to this point. So I'm a perfect 12 and 0. Wow. Um, so in order to finish the, the finish the streak on a, on a perfect note, I, the Chiefs would have to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So I'm definitely going to pull for that, try to get a perfect um, NFL playoffs. This well, year. We, we started this conversation talking about 18 and 1 team, where you run the yeah. table and then lose at the end. So I don't know. We'll see how that works I know. out. I know, I know. It's, uh, I'm definitely tempting the face here, but yeah. uh, I mean, I have to stick with. It. I can't no, no, I'm with you. Pick, I'm, you know, yeah. So if you're 12 and 0, you got to stick with it. No, 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 no question. Well, look, sir, appreciate your time as always. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin. Okay. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, every day. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Footnote Kevin Foot on the game. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3133 on LUS Fiber Game Hotline is 706 0111. If you want to call in and talk about LeBron breaking the all time scoring record, and there's certainly plenty to say about that, or the Derek Carr situation, or College basketball, we spoke with Coach Bob Marlin yesterday. On uh, tomorrow, the Cajuns will play in Hattiesburg. will be very interesting game. The women have to go to James Madison and, um, you know, it's one, it's a fur piece, as I like to say, but also it's it's kind of like it seems like in all the sports, James Madison's the one school, like, there's been some association with, like, Marshall. Obviously, you know, the Cajuns have played Southern Miss in sports over the years. I guess Old Dominion as well. Like, Old Dominion and James Madison, it's like kind of like starting over. Like, we really have no knowledge of Like, we know about them. And they've had success. You can look up and learn stuff about them, but... It's just like fish out of water matchup. Like it's just a totally new experience playing those teams, and so we'll see what happens. I mean, I, you know, the women got off to a really good start, and they've lost. They lost to Georgia State. I mean, Georgia State's not good at all in women's basketball. So I, I don't really know what to think of James Madison. Um, even the men, I think some people thought they'd finish a little higher. Now, you know, they're they're tied for third right now so it's not like they could still finish second I mean theoretically I guess they could still finish first if they won the rest of their games and got some good breaks but um I don't know I just don't know what to uh, what what to think of that matchup and we'll we'll just kind of play that by ear but again any of that stuff you want to discuss certainly feel free to call on the game hotline 706-0111 as far as LeBron 
I heard Raymond's rant last hour, and I agree with him. I, you know, this whole who's the greatest. And first of all, I'm so OD'd on the term goat. I, I just, I just hate it. But um, it, it is very different when you look. He talked about comparing errors. Think about it. And I don't know. I'd have to look it up to see how many three-pointers LeBron has hit. But think how many. I saw this morning that Kareem had three three-pointers in his career. So, essentially, he earned his 38,000 points. I mean, three, you earn it when you hit a three-pointer, but let, let, let's. it's not the same. I mean, you know, it's it's, you know, it's a little different. And so... It's kind of the shortcut version to 38 points hitting all these three-pointers. So, again, that makes it very difficult to compare as well. Um, I mean, I guess you could argue that it's easier to score as a center when you're in the paint all the time than as a guy who's a, a distributor and more, a little bit more of a perimeter player. I guess you could argue all that. And the point of it is, and, and Raymond's point, I, I kind of, I'm the older I get, I get more like, let's just appreciate what, what each one, both of them are all time greats. And the only way, like I always say that you could compare any of these guys, cause there is no best player. There is not one. Like we all, who's the best? We don't know. And because the only way you can do it is if you put this guy on that guy's team in that era and have him play all the games and then put this guy in that guy's team in that era and play all the games and then see who did the best. I mean, we'll never be able to do that. So there is no best player. That's that person doesn't exist. The best quarterback of all time, the best basketball player. Those people don't exist. I agree with Raymond on that. Let's go uh, back to the game hotline. Hello. Footsie. Howdy, sir. Footsie, I, I do think there is a best thing that exists. I think the best decision-making idea that I've ever, ever heard, and i got to make a, a big decision in my life. So what I'm going to do is when I get off of my job today, I'm going to go to my house, I'm going to Park my car in my garage, shut the garage door, turn off all the lights, put the air conditioner on, and I'm going to go in my closet, and I'm going to sit there for four days in total darkness. <laughs> I, th- I think that's the best way to figure out. Now, put the, here's the deal. Here's where me and uh, Aaron Rodgers differ. I haven't taken any hallucinogenics in my life, so I'm not going to hallucinate while I'm sitting in my closet in the dark. But I, I think that's a, I think that might be the all-time greatest idea to figure out what you want to do with your life. Just go somewhere, sit in the dark. I'm not going to have my cell phone on, so don't call me. I won't be able to answer it. And I'm just going to make the decision after after I come out. Well, we, we used to have spells in high school when we were young and stupid, and we'd sit in a dark room and watch the staticky TV here and there and listen to music, you know. I mean, I don't I, 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 Look, I told y'all a long time ago about this cat Aaron Rodgers, and y'all thought I was nuts. And I'm just telling y'all that guy's from another planet. But uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know that you have the patience to do that. Better, you think you have the patience? To- <laughs> I, I don't know, but put you when I read that, you were the first person I oh, thought about. Oh, that guy! He's told y'all he's he's a great quarterback, but he's a clown show. That guy. 
I mean, you go go like to a cabin in the woods and sit there for four days in the dark. <laughs> I told y'all about him, that guy. Or who knows what he's going to do? But look, he that that you know, going to the Raiders, the black hole. That's like a perfect fit for him. Yeah, no, that would be a good fit. That yeah. would fit in with, 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 you know, spending four days in, in the dark. Yes. He could just go in the black hole and <laughs> come out whenever needed. No, <laughs> that, hey, that like God. I said, when I read that, I said, boy, I bet Footsie is on top of this. <laughs> that guy. I don't know. I, 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 I really see him going to the Raiders. We'll see. Well. Are you are you for are you for Derek Carr? Are you gonna are you gonna be upset if the Saints acquire Derek Carr, or happy, or cautiously optimistic, or what? What will you be? I'm gonna be cautiously cautiously optimistic about everything that goes on in the off season. Okay, that's probably a, a safe method. I'm just you know I, I'm kind of worried about it. May be a good thing that we're losing all these coaches, so maybe Dennis Allen. You know, we're just not trying to replicate the Sean Payton way. Maybe we could just see if Dennis Allen can come up with his own way. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter the players you have. If you don't have a very good scheme, you're not going to win. And you can't and, fumble. I mean, we, yeah, no, you can't fumble. You, you have to have a running back. Yes. I mean, you, you have to have a running back that can pick up two yards on third and two or fourth and one. Yes. So, I mean – you know, just because we have Derek Carter, that doesn't alleviate oh, I, the fact absolutely. that we don't have a running back. That's true. So, I mean, I, I, I'm just, I'm just cautiously optimistic about everything. I think I'm just taking that approach on life at this point. But, but you are prepared and ready for the hammock season, right? Oh, I am prepared. That 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 part, you know, we can enjoy. Yeah. Lay in the ham. I, I just, I'm, I'm just cautiously optimistic that you're going to do it. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, I think maybe what you should do is prior to the season, like right before the season starts, maybe like the week before the season starts, is find a dark room in your house, go sit in there, and meditate on. <laughs> Spending all summer in the ham. Uh, I think that'd be a good idea for you. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it, sir. You take care. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. King cake season is here, and break rooms are being filled with those delicious sugar-coated pastries. That is so sweet. Just don't be the guy or gal who gets the plastic baby and lies about it. Come on. Come on, really. Step up and do the right thing, cheapskate, and buy the next cake. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 
Got a few more minutes if you would like to get a call in before we do be talking to Jake DeLome at the top of the hour. The game hotline again is 706-0111, All right. For those of you who are about my age and older, I have a question to test your memory. Something that's been getting on my nerves lately. And, and again, we it might be tough to really remember this. This is a non-sports uh, complaint. When you were younger, do you remember TV series taking as many weeks off as they do now? Now, I get last night was the State of the Shaw's address. I get that. But I'm talking about, like, there were no shows. To, the shows we watched the week before, they took off, too. And what I mean by taking off, they show one from, like, a year ago. Like, I don't remember that as a kid. It's, you know, like, you you whatever your season was, there was a new, unless there was something really, you know, politically happening or really big happening, like, they, they had a different show, a new show every week. That did, did I just, am I fooling myself? Did they take weeks off back then? I don't remember all these weeks off they took back then. They need to stop that junk. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Yeah, what were we talking about? TV shows? Yes. They, they, every other week, they got a, they take a week off. They show one from well, last Kevin, year. Listen. I like, show me a new episode. In, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I got a couple of points. But, yeah, back in the day, they'd have like 36 episodes yeah. a season. Uh, and and they only took off the summer. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, Kevin. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's all day is going by. They pay them a, a two, two, four, five million dollars an episode, and they shoot ten episodes. Yeah, so, it's ridiculous. Yeah, 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 it's ridiculous. It's stupid. But anyway, that's our world. All right, Kevin. Okay, this is one thing I want to say. I remember Super Bowl three. I remember. I remember because it's just yesterday going back yesterday. Yeah. Because my dad was a Johnny U fan. Okay. So I mean, and then I really started paying attention. Like four, but five was the Colts and the Cowboys. I want to say, and when the Colts kicked the field goal at the end of the game to win, like sixteen thirteen, something like that. Yeah, that's correct. And then my brother and I went outside and kicked over the. Uh, I guess that's when the Super Bowl was played in the early afternoon because I remember it was still daylight. We went outside and reenacted it over the clothesline. At home, you know, we, we did that for Now, I've always heard, and I didn't see that game, but I've always heard that the Cowboys recovered the fumble and the, and the coach cheated to win that game. <laughs> Kevin, I, I probably wasn't playing that close to the okay. back then, but, uh, you know. Okay, Kevin, I really want to know, what what's Derek Carr's status? What's his – okay, he's still under contract with – the uh with the Raiders, right? Yeah, Correct? technically he is until they release him, yeah. All right. So it's gonna be advantageous for him to release him because he has some guaranteed money if they don't release him, is what I'm trying to figure out. What what, what I'm really trying to figure out is what's the best case scenario for the Saints where where we where the Saints could get him and not have to you Well know, they'd have to renegotiate at some point. I, I my understanding is they'd have to renegotiate you know at some point cuz you don't certainly don't want to pay him 40 million. I mean I Right, right. Obviously, right. Right. Well, and I'm so, just wondering if it's a trade situation or it's just a strictly well, they're going to release him and you have to renegotiate well, it, or it, what? Well, it could be both. I mean, you know, both yeah, are options. Well, okay, that's yeah. what I was wondering. It could yeah. be either or scenario, right? Right. right? Okay. Right. Because I mean, obviously you know the whole tra- uh, 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 draft pick, the trade thing, man. That 
that makes me nervous, you know, because I feel I, I think Derek Carr is definitely an upgrade, but I don't know, you know, if he's the, and how much you want to give up for him is what you know is what I'm. Well, I was I'm hoping a fourth. To. They're saying a third now. I'd be like, okay, I certainly don't want to go to a second. But I, oh, I mean, no, I dude. I wouldn't be dude. I wouldn't be elated about a third. But again, if he's your starting quarterback for the next four or five years and he does pretty good, oh. we're not going to worry about a third two years from now no, if he does good. No, absolutely not. Oh no, I'm I'm in for you know anything after a second. I think that's uh, definitely doable. Like you say, if he, if he winds up being your quarterback for for a handful of years, and you know you win, you go to the playoffs and win the division or two, you know championship or two. You won't be thinking about a third round pick, right? Well, you know, okay, all right, oh, cool, all right, Kevin. That's that's kind of because I was thinking about that last night, you know, and one I said, well, I'm gonna find out what Kevin thinks about that this morning. All right, guys, y'all have a wonderful day. You take care. You know, one of the shows I watched when I was little, since I brought up shows, was Laverne and Shirley. I think everybody on that show is now dead. I need to look that up because Penny Mar- I mean, not Penny Marshall. Um. Um, Shirley, the the lady who played Shirley, I'm I'm getting a brain cramp. Her name was Williams. Anyway, she died last week, so I think everybody on that show was dead. But I'm telling you, they didn't show back then in the middle of the season a show. They didn't give you a show from last year, like once a month. It's ridiculous. They need to stop that. Like have the season, the summer you're off. During the season, you show shows. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. How are you, sir? I'm great. I thought I was supposed to be here. Well, you know, I, I, I just assume you're on the phone. But, you know, Jake's, when we say he's local, he's really local. He lives just around the corner. So, yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't, it's not that far. And it's uh, kind of in my direction to drive. So it made it pretty easy. And it's always, you know, a pleasure. And hopefully you can get red faced and holler at some point, And that always makes my Well, day. depends on what, you know, what, what subjects come up. All right, so let's start this. We've been asking this question all week. It kind of happened spontaneously. What's the first Super Bowl you remember as a kid where you knew what was going on, like the first one you remember? Uh, Cincinnati-San Fran. The second one, I'm assuming. Uh, like you're no, in like no, a middle or the first? 81. 81 or the first one? It was 81, yeah. 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 I, I, for, for whatever reason, I remember that. Big Pete Johnson kept yeah, trying to play, score from the one, and they couldn't they do play it. That in, in Detroit. In Detroit, yeah. correct? Okay, yeah, so that's that's the one I remember. Sick. Why I don't know, but well, I, yeah, well, I mean, I was six at the time. That's about when I remember my first one. So that, that, that works. So I mean, obviously, even if you're not a big sports fan, the Super Bowl's big for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's that's what people talk about, and that's what people always, you know, they bring up the Super Bowl and. Uh, even the last few weeks, just in general, people, what, what y'all doing for the Super Bowl? Things yeah. like that. So, all right. So, before we get to the Super Bowl, I, you know, there's all kind. What do you think of Derek Carr? I, 
kind of changed my tune this year. I I thought he was a really good player early on. Then I, I thought there was a plateau. And then he really won me over last year. Everything that they went through mm-hmm. with the whole Gruden situation and uh, is it Ruggs? The, yes. You know, Ruggs, yeah. I thought what he did to lead that team, what they had to go through, I was like, man, he won me over. And then this year, and I don't know if it's a Josh McDaniels deal, um, that kind of bothered me. Seeing some when you're up twenty to nothing on the Cardinals, I remember watching that game because we played the Cardinals. I say we, Carolina, yeah. not long after watching that film and saying to myself, man, you, you've got to get at least a field goal in the second half. I mean, this game has to be put away. Yeah. Um, and then when they played, gosh, was it the Chargers, maybe, or the Chiefs this year, Monday night, Sunday night? Yes. Threw a really bad pick right before half when you in field goal range. Certain things, like, man, you, you can't make that mistake anymore. Right. In my opinion, right. points are a premium. So, But listen, he's a talented guy. Obviously, there was, a, there was an issue with the Raiders. Well, he must not have gotten along because you don't just release someone yeah. in today's quarterback market. Look, there's nine or ten teams looking for quarterbacks right now. Yeah, and he's one that you you would feel good going to bed on a Saturday night if you're going to the game. That, okay, we got a chance tomorrow. I mean, really and truly. And he seems like, again, we don't always know. You hear what guys say behind the scenes way more than we would. So, But he seems like a good guy. And I think he's, he's going to get a, a good leader. He's going to get along. He's not going to cause trouble behind the scenes, all I've that never kind of been, stuff. I've never heard anybody talk negative about him. Even David, his brother. David backed me up in Carolina for a year. David is a nice guy. Derek's yeah. more talented than David. David's very talented. I'm not sure he loved football. Right. Um, now, I know he's an analyst now on NFL Network. He does a really good job. Uh, but I'm not so, so much. I think Derek likes it, loves it a lot more than yeah. David did. That's my opinion. And – you know, apparently, because Dennis Allen didn't coach him for very long. He must have known. Uh, well. Because supposedly they've stayed in touch all these years, which happens. I which mean. which happens. And, and, and I don't know. The Raiders, they've been bad for a while now. You know, really and truly. Um, so he probably liked him. He was young. The roster wasn't set yet. And he, he wanted <laughs> He didn't want maybe he didn't want Andy Dalton this year, this year. I don't know. Andy was brought in to be a backup. Let, let's yes. let's remember he was brought in to be a backup. So do you buy that Jameis? Because I've heard people talk Jameis going back to Tampa. I hope. <laughs> I hate to sound that right. way. I hope. I mean, yeah. it's you know, uh, calling the Panther games and and things like that. I hope. I hope. All right. So speaking of NFC South stuff, like. What happened to – was it just injuries? What do you think happened to Tampa's defense down the stretch? Because no, I, it wasn't as good as it was even at the beginning of the year. They stayed hurt. Um, you know, Devin White, I thought he was going to take that next step because he was freaky good. His rookie year and then the next year, I thought he might regress somewhat. And and I, that was made public. Warren Sapp came out and blasted him. And Devin kind of – he took it. He knew he knew it. Uh, Levante Davis still a good player, but it's up year 10. Those linebackers, they take a step. Look, Indomitian Sue, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, that's that, that's men. They're yeah. not, they weren't there. Yeah. Vita Vea had a calf all season long. Uh, Whitfield, um, uh, Winfield missed a few games with a concussion. The secondary was beat up. They had some issues. I mean, they really and truly had some issues. That was not a good football team. I saw them firsthand. We, Carolina, beat them 21-3 to in Carolina. And Carolina's up 21-10 to New Year's Day in Tampa. 
and Tom Brady hits three go routes yes. to Mike Evans to win. Oh, believe and, me. And we were uh, the Panthers were playing some extreme backups in the secondary. J.C. Horn had just broken his wrist. Um, we had already lost Dante Jackson. We, we had some guys that were struggling in coverage. And so in the last game, I'm like, do you need to be throwing down the field? But Crawfish, I call him, Andy Dalton, like all he does is back up and take sacks. He's not capable of throwing the ball down the field. It was halftime of the St. Panther game, and I remember looking at Anish, who's our play-by-play guy, and I was like, this game feels like it's 21 to nothing. Yes. And I said, they're missing field goals. They, The Saints just oh, – they letting Carolina oh, hang around. Oh, it's just and I kept saying torture. that. They're just letting us hang around. Yes. That's all it was. And then next thing you know, I, I, it was at one point I said, we're going to win the game. <laughs> I mean, I think there was 23 yards pa- – 22 yards passing before the last drive that Sam Darnold had. We couldn't throw the football. Oh, no. It was, it was it, it, it's incredible. Couldn't make a, Saints couldn't make a kick. It was it was, it was so a, frustrating. It was a rough game. Okay. The game ended at two forty four. Yes, it started at twelve oh five. Yes, it ended at two forty four. It was so okay. So rough. what are what are y'all going to do at quarterback? That's a good question. I wish I knew. I would I would assume I would love for Sam Darnold to be back as a bridge. I, I'm not I'm not that down on Sam Darnold. I think the Panthers had some issues the last couple of years. Um, he played decent for this football team. And listen, it helped having somewhat of a, a run game. But there's no tight end in Carolina. And really and truly, there's one wide receiver. So I think you get some – if you can't – is there a guy that they love? That's the thing that – I don't know. Is it is it Young? Is it Stroud? Is it Levis? Levis was this, you know, this physical freak who had a rough year. Stroud, there was questions about him until he played Georgia. And it was a different Stroud, the way he ran and moved. Yeah. And Bryce Young – the question about him is just his size. Right. Because I know he lost to LSU. I know he lost to Tennessee. But if you watch those two games, 90,000, 100,000, screaming loud, he didn't lose the game for him. He brought, he brought his team back both times. Just he never panicked. He, he directed everything. The running back from Alabama drops a pass that if he catches it, you know, they can score and end that game in, in regulation. LSU goes for two and beats them. I mean, yeah. give, tip your hat to LSU, but he kept them in the game. So right. I don't know I don't know what's going to happen. And, it, and then there's the Anthony uh, Richardson deal where he's the freak of nature. Oh, yeah, but that's a whole I, different. You know, nobody knows. And I don't know what the scouts are looking at. I don't we'll, – we'll see. So which one would you pick if you had the number one pick and you were going to pick a quarterback? Stroud uh, is the only one I would trust. I think Stroud has done well, but have you seen who he's throwing to? Like Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, is unbelievable. Yes, I just think some of those receivers are—they're really, really good. And I would need to dive in more to say I've done enough work would be a complete, complete lie. I just don't want to mess with the like Levis. Like if you pick Levis in in the top ten, you're rolling the dice. Are you Correct. not rolling the dice? Uh, you, yeah, you could be, but then you'll hear people talk and say, well, whatever his offensive line, his receivers he didn't have, did too much, he's this big physical guy. Well, I, don't, I don't know. It's. Have you ever had a conversation with Aaron Rodgers? Um, more than like, hi, hi, good job, no, and no, walk off not, the field? More, no, it was just uh, pregame. We played him in the preseason once or twice, and but there was a connection there with Mike McCarthy. 
you know, and, and Aaron had to do the quarterback school and the quarterback tip sheets, and that yeah. he had to do all the grunt work that I had to do. I mean, that's how we were raised, and yeah. it was great. It was yeah. awesome for us. But no, it was just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I know what you're getting at. The dark that room. Cat. I mean, hey, look, he's a little different. <laughs> he's a little. Oh no, he, he's he a little throw, different. He can throw a football, so, I'll do you that. think that Mike McCarthy gets a bum rap? Oh, oh, one million percent. One million percent. Why is that though? Well, it's because he's fat. So, I mean, what's the deal? He went to Green Bay, um, and I, I guess you could say should have had more than one Super Bowl. Yeah, but a lot of people can say a lot that. of people can say that. But like, I wanted to say, but was it his fault that the guy didn't do his job on the onside kick in Seattle when they were going? You know, yeah. like that. That's where you kind of look yeah. at it. And um, I saw an interesting comparison someone sent me with Sean Payton and McCarthy. It's pretty. I mean, it's, almost identical. It's almost identical. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to Dallas, and like Dallas is what it is. I mean, delusional Dallas. That's what yeah. I call him. It's yeah. delusional Dallas. I, what? What? Nobody said anything about him, and Cooper Rush had to play for five weeks. So we'll see. You almost went to Dallas. I was close. Yeah, there were two interested in the baseball players: Chad Hutchinson and Quincy Carter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't. I but wish I wanted, you would. I, I could have no, pulled I wanted for to you. play for Bill Parcells. And the quarterback coach, Sean Payton. Payton. <laughs> That's who I spent all my time with. Yeah. Like, but then I left Carolina on a visit, and there's John Fox, and I'm like, gosh. Like, it was just – I felt I couldn't go wrong. And Fo- John Fox and Sean Payton were best friends because they were both the coordinators in the Giants. One right. Was, and so I just felt I couldn't go wrong, and I, I leaned on my agent, and he said, hey, if you're ever going to trust me in your life, you cannot go to Dallas. They're not ready to win. Yeah. In Carolina, he said, I'm telling you, this roster has been built. It's you know, And I think that's where the Panthers are at right now. I, I think they're the building the right good. way. So I'm leery about giving up the farm to go get a quarterback if, you, if, if we don't know. You know, I just think recouping some of these McCaffrey picks. You like the defensive coordinator? I mean, he did great yeah, in Denver. Yeah, I don't know much about him, but just the, the the family that he's come from, when I say family, the Vic Fangio family, Dom Capers um, is like one of his mentors, and Dom's like a senior analyst with him. Mm. Um, one of the the head trainer for the Rams uh, was in Carolina for years with us, and we were still really close. And I sent him a text. And he sent me back. Unbelievable guy, extremely smart. So I'm, I'm, I'm elated. Yeah. No, and and uh, I don't know why he Sean didn't keep him. I, yeah. Who? But I think he wanted out of he Denver. Might have, he might have wanted out. Yeah. You know? I think he, he wanted out. He of goes Denver. to Carolina. He knows. You know. But, okay, but think about it. Look at him long term. He's 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 getting close to getting a job. So he stays in Denver and they win. All yeah. people can talk about is Sean Payton. Yeah. Sean Payton. Well, he comes to Carolina and. They play well, he and, it, and he's got good players. I mean, you have to. Exactly, he's got a good defense. Exactly. You have to look at all the facts. Are you surprised Sean Payton went to Denver? No, I, I think I think the Charger job is what everybody wants. I think everybody. I, I think, but coaches, they're not going to pay. They they're not. But if you're living in L.A. and you're coaching Justin Herbert, uh, it's yeah. you can get a lot of things. Um, I knew he wasn't going to Arizona. That's a that's a tricky job right now. That's that just seems odd. Too many guys are pulling out. Yes. Too many guys are pulling out. Well, it's just it's a, that's a rough situation. Um, Carolina, I never thought that would have happened. I just didn't know if I'm Mickey Loomis. You don't think I'm just like yeah. yeah you're gonna give me Brian Burns. You're gonna give me first round draft. Right. I, I yeah. mean, it's that's cost of doing business. 
So, I, yeah, I didn't think that was going to happen either. And look, I'm glad, you know, I'm married a, into a Bronco family, and I think he'll do a good job. He's, Schultz, he, he, the press conference, and I, I, yeah, I hate press conferences because Nick Sirianni's was terrible. Terrible, And he's yeah. a really good coach. coach yeah. Uh, Dan Campbell's wasn't a good one, and he's obviously a pretty good coach. But, you know, when Sean, when they asked him about the private quarterback coach, I, I giggled out loud. Oh, yeah. Because he like, yeah, that's foreign to me. <laughs> I mean, like, really? That's, that's foreign. I love that answer. Well, the answer that my wife and daughters love was when they asked him who's going to win the Super Bowl. He said, I ain't picking anybody. I don't want anybody in our division to do anything. That's, that, that, that's the mindset. It's a professional hatred. Yes. You have to have a professional hatred for your division, for your – it is what it is. That, I mean, like – And he does it. I wanted, I wanted to beat the Saints, Tampa, and Atlanta, and when they played, I wanted them to tie each other. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really and truly, that's what you have <laughs> – that's how you have to look at it. All right, we'll take a timeout and come back with another. Got many more questions with Jake DeLome next. Stay tuned. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Z28. Z28. Now, a running back with great speed and start and go ability, like a Chevy Camaro that plays for the New Orleans Saints, also known as Alvin Camara. Now, back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote sitting in with Jake DeLome. All right, so as far as the actual Super Bowl, you mentioned Sirianni, and what they do on offense is very impressive to me. It's very impressive. Um, Listen, the quarterback makes them go. I mean, I think we saw that when um, Minshew had to play. Oh, yeah, I'm not Quarterback quarterback makes them go. I'm I'm worried about his shoulder. I I really am. Too many things. I'm a big – when I study for my games, when I'm doing the Panther games, I watch film. Now, radio is different than television. So I'll watch a couple of games. But I listen to a ton of interviews from the other team. The content that's put out on these teams' websites is fabulous. Yes. Players have a problem talking. They say too much. Mm -hmm. And basically they're regurgitating what their coach tells them. It's pretty easy. I mean, you just kind of – you have a gist. And everything, just listening as the playoff go on, you hear Jalen and you hear Seriani. Jalen says, "Listen, it's not, it's not going to get better." So that tells me there's surgery right after the season. I don't know what it is, but there, yeah. it's so. And he hasn't looked as sharp. Now he hasn't had to look as sharp, but really and truly throwing the ball the last couple of games. Now they they were way better than the Giants, and then San Fran didn't have a quarterback, so that's kind of playing. Yeah, you know, just let's let's not give them an opportunity. So a little worried there, but Philly, that's a really good football team, and I think you can turn it around quick in the NFL because the Panthers played them in '01. We had the lead. This was like game four, five, or six. And watching them play, I, I remember going in saying, man, Jalen's playing okay. And he's throwing the ball better down the field. But we were, had a really good game. They blocked a punt with like four and a half minutes left. And that's how they beat the Panthers. And I thought they had a lot of holes in their roster. Then you look at it this year, draft picks, acquiring A.J. Brown and uh, getting an Indomitian Sue, getting a Hassan Reddick and just adding those pieces <laughs> – they're Chauncey unbe- Gardner-Johnson. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Bradbury. Slay. Yes. Uh, 
I mean, that's loaded. No, they're man. good. That's I, loaded. Uh, look, I, I'm. I think last week if they played the Chiefs, they beat them double figures. Now this week, you know, the Chiefs receivers are a little healthier theoretically. It's Patrick Mahomes. San Francisco was better than Kansas City a few years ago. Everybody can admit that. Patrick Mahomes won the game with seven minutes left. He put him on his back, and Jimmy Garoppolo missed the post route yeah. to Emmanuel Sanders. So then Tom Brady and them beat him because they had no offensive line. The Chiefs had no line that night, and Brady and, and Mahomes was still – I just think Mahomes is a unicorn. Well, the defense He's, won that game. Yeah, Dominant. Mahomes is a unicorn. He is – I can't. I can't. Give but again, the last, the last. But yeah, but the last, the AFC Championship game. He didn't do anything the last four possessions of the game. Who? Nothing. Mahomes. Nothing. Played on a leg. Well, on I understand he played with guts, but he didn't do anything. The defense. But he won. They won. Well, no, they won. I understand what you're saying. But the like, team they won. won. The team won. Yes, and like I know you love quarterbacks, but, but the but, belief in him, the like, oh no, that he, team. I you think know, he's a cool custom. He's he's awesome. Everything, but Joe Burrow's a cool customer uh, absolutely. too. Absolutely, and they had the ball with a chance to win, and the Chiefs' defense won the game. Well, Did the they Chiefs' not? defense they drafted really well. They had a ton of draft picks. They got rid of um, Cheetah. He goes to Miami. They signed some guys in between. You have Travis Kelsey and. They drafted a bunch of good young players that play well. Philly is the better football team. There's no Philly, doubt in my mind. And fit where Philly's great is that defensive line. The guys that they can rotate in and out. It's as a quarterback, that's awful. It's awful. It's a miracle they only had six sacks against the Saints with Crawfish <laughs> quarterbacking up and getting sacked. I mean, it's a miracle. But and 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 that shows you what I think of Gordon Minshew. The Saints still won that game. But anyway, all right. So, do you think? It's going to be a low-scoring game. I kind of think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it can be. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm worried about Jalen throwing the football some. I'm, this, he's got a shoulder deal, man. It's uh, he. They haven't been that sharp as he, as they were early on. No, that's but true. But his legs, that there's nothing wrong with his legs. No. And if they can kind of stress the the Chiefs and things like that, but what is Andy Reid them going to do? Two weeks off. Uh, do they come out and they short pass them and things like that? Or it, I'm anxious to see what Jonathan Gannon in Philly does. Are they trying to keep Mahomes in the pocket and kind of mush rush, so to speak? And and if they're gonna force him anywhere, force him left, make him go left. And so you got to turn, that, you to turn that right ankle. I, that's a difficult. I had a high ankle on my right. Not yeah, that's rough. That's hard. That's uh, hard. It looked it looked really hard. Now, to me, what the Eagles do in their running game. It, facing the Eagles running game is pretty unique compared to just about any running game in the league. So how do you think the Chiefs defense is going to match up with them in the you running know, game? Wise? That's a good question. I, I wish I knew. Uh, your, your guy Spagnola is going to have to come oh. up with <laughs> going to have to come up with a great plan. Um, it's hard to see. Listen, him Chris Jones is dominant. Um, Frank Clark's going to have to have a big game. What's the other guy? Ban- Banna, Dana. Yeah, but those guys I mean, were been, were not were playing but, against substandard offensive line. I, the the Eagles arguably have the best offensive I, line in I, the league. I get it, but they do. But they do have one that he's got a he needs to have a hernia surgery. Yeah, I mean there, there's some issues there. Um, and the Super Bowl. I mean a mistake here, a mistake there. It's so hard to predict these games. But but the thing I'm happy about the two best teams are playing. It's very simple. That's the two best teams. Oh, I, and I, San I, I Fran, can buy that. Yeah, I, I thought the final four were the final four best teams. You can Buffalo had warts. Buffalo's warts started showing up at the end. But yes. you can't tell me that's not that San Fran and Philly weren't by far. 
we in Carolina this year, I called uh, 13 of the 17 games. So I saw a lot of teams play, watched a lot of film. There were two teams that we got blown out the water. It wasn't close. Cincinnati and San Francisco. And sure enough, they're, you know, two of the final four. And I think the Cheaters' defense was just awesome. But, you, I mean, that wasn't even a football game. Plus, they didn't get any calls in that game. Yeah, I. Um, they didn't get many calls, and that's difficult, man. You don't have a quarterback. Uh, that That's hard. That's, well, how can the NFL let that? I, I, I feel the same way. I've been saying this for years, and yes, I love quarterbacks. Absolutely, you have a fifty-three man roster. Make it fifty-four, and make the fifty-fourth guy have to be the number three quarterback. If you want to talk about quarterback development and things like that, they want to cheat the roster by only going with two to get an extra player. Make it fifty-four, and make it a minimum salary guy. Yeah, it's a minimum salary guy. That was a, that was a black eye for the NFL. That that's that's an embarrassment in my in my eyes. No, I I, I agree. An and I also wondered, and I don't know that it's ever happened, but one of these days it might. What happens if four or five offensive linemen go out for a team? Like, how are you going to play tie, the well, game? That's where you get your tight. You, you, you're going to have to have the tight ends and things like that. It's I get it. It was so did more. Now they're starting to allow. I, what's the number? 48, 40, whatever it was. It used to be 45. And we lost the fullback on a Friday practice. Um, a hamstring right at the end, finishing up our short yardage goal line. We have one fullback on the roster. And we were a heavy running football team. And I'll never forget, that's where the value of players come in. Chris Mangum, uh, number two tight end slash starter. It was like, hey, to Dan Henning, Dan, don't worry about it. I got it. Start Wiggins at tight end. Yeah. Well, that's where a coach can sleep good at night, and we nothing changed. Chris Mangum started at fullback. Uh, you know that's yeah. where you get those guys, and you have to you have to have those guys on your team that can fill in and play those certain spots. All right, so do you like when football season's over because then you can concentrate on horse racing more? No, I get depressed. <laughs> but you don't you can't spend more time on, or can you? Spend- I'm, at, I'm at the I'm at the barn every morning. I fly out Saturdays, come back Sunday nights. Hopefully, sometimes Monday. So I mean, that's all I do. I I, I mean, that's. And you've and it's been going well for you. Things are good. Yeah. You won a big race recently. Yeah, things things are well. Just sometimes. So you're cockier on a football field than you are on the track oh, after winning a game. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. You're modest it's when my, you win. It's my like I know the work I put in. I know I prepared. When I snapped on the helmet. It, that's a reward. Let's go play. You try everything with the horses to make sure it's the right way. You don't know if they don't feel good that day or they have a yeah. headache or I don't feel like running. You know, you just don't know, you know. So you don't spend more time with horse racing now. I would. I, I do. Expected- I spend a, a ton. Yeah, I do both. Right, but you're still depressed because football. Season. I, I'm depressed because football. I like. I love. I love watching. You know, the NFL football. College is a little difficult. I do like it, but I don't get to spend as much time because I'm traveling a lot on Saturday. So I do miss some, and it's unfortunate I miss a lot of the Cajuns games because of that. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. So. I, I need the break from football season when it's over because I can I can I can my mind as a fan can relax. But yeah, but you couple, go into baseball and, ba- and before baseball. See, I don't stuff. I don't not to be whatever. I mean, like, yeah. I know some baseball a little bit, but until the playoff, you know, yeah. that's when you watch. Like NBA basketball, if Steph Curry's playing, I'm watching. Just I love watching him. Right. But NBA playoffs, I love. 
the NBA playoffs, you have oh, to. No, admit, I'm, that's, I'm fine that's, with the NBA playoffs. Unbelievable. But I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw the baseball World Series last year. The right team won. I was happy about that. I'm sure you were. <laughs> I did watch. Yes, I did watch. I was. I was. Ecstatic. No, I love watching when it gets when it when it means something. There's just yeah. so many games. Yeah. Like I hate the 17th game in the NFL. I absolutely hate it. I just don't think it, it's like mid October and then teams are going to be like, okay, now we're going to start kind of honing in on what we're going to do. That's what it feels like to me. I know it's only one game that's been added, but it just felt like it took forever for to any kind of rhythm routine. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I meant to ask you this question. I've developed. We've been talking on this show for several years now. The first three games of an NFL season are preseason games that count, in my opinion. Like, was it that bad when you played? No, I don't remember not. it being that Tim, bad I when you played. I have not played since 2011. That's a long. Well, time I know ago. that, but it wasn't that bad. So, but back listen, then. the new CBA went into effect in 2011 and I never forget talking to Scott Fajita because I, I, I got released there was a lockout I got released as soon as it lifted in like like August we were moved back home and I had some opportunities to go somewhere and I was like man I think I'm done yeah and I remember talking to Fajita during camp he was we were in Cleveland together and he was like would you love we said I think you would hate this schedule he said but we love it I said what do you mean he said it's like and he used the term uh, Jane Fonda workouts. Yeah. He said, Jake, we can't hit anybody. You can't have barely any practices. And I truly think that has stunted a lot of teams early on. Because um, everybody followed the same routine, I guess, my whole time in the NFL. You played a quarter first preseason game, halftime second preseason game, came out of half third preseason game, and maybe the first drive of the fourth. So by the time week one started, there's a little bit of juice flowing. I hated week one because everybody was healthy and everybody was fast. That's when the teams were the fastest. Yeah. And then you kind of you got in, you kind of fell in line pretty quick. But nowadays, guys don't play at all in the preseason. They don't hit that much. They the barely go three into double games, days. It's the first three to four games are preseason level games that they count. It's it feels that way, but I, I'm telling you, to me it went further. To me, I felt like it was we were into October, and I, there still wasn't a good grasp no. of like ah, what's really going on, what's happening. I here. agree. You know, that's that's how I felt calling the games and watching the games. Then all of a sudden, when things started settling in, then you're like, okay, then it becomes fairly easy. So you think Dennis Allen's going to make it? He's going to be the coach two years from now? I don't know. I don't know. He just doesn't have that leadership. I don't I, I don't know Dennis. I know he's very smart coach. That's yes. one thing I have been told. I think players really like him. But this was it Dennis Allen's fault that Mark Ingram ran out of bounds. Have you ever seen anything like that before? Kevin, I kid you not. I am sitting down and I'm watching the game. And I, I I remember this like yesterday. When he ran out of bounds, it's five minutes, twenty-three seconds left, or something like that. When he ran out of bounds, my wife was coming from downstairs talking to one of my daughters and I pointed at her and I did 17-16 Tom Brady wins at the end of the game she goes no way I said I'm telling you oh, that I, just, I said that just lost the game oh I was running that around my house saying the, the same thing and then and not only that so we're going to blame Dennis Allen for Mark Ingram running out of bounds short but then Andy Dalton throws a dime to Taysom Hill down the the seam on the left and he drops it's it the ball. he drops it Yeah, you're getting paid 10 million a year and I understand you make mistakes I've made plenty but that's nail in the coffin. Game over. Yes. So we're gonna blame Dennis Allen for that. Well, he that got is, hit at least. Catch the ball. No, I'm there's a lot of receivers you. that get hit. <laughs> I mean, that's that's tight ends I'm that get hit. The, yeah. I mean, when crucial times, man, you got to make those plays. That's just my. I don't know, but Dennis, we'll see. You know what bothered me about Dennis this year? The interview at halftime 
in Arizona. All of the interviews. Yeah, well, I didn't see many, but the, the back-to-back picks. Now, don't get me wrong. Catch the football. Yeah. Catch the football. Yeah. It's not the picks. And he said, when he came out of half, or going into half, what do you want Andy to continue doing what he's been doing? You no, no, that's that's not the right answer. Well, no, like, he, I'm sorry, that's not the right answer. He never gave the right answer. <laughs> See, I'm starting to get you fired up. Yeah, now he never gave the right answer this year. All right, well, we could go on forever, Jake, and I appreciate you coming in. I didn't even know you were coming in. It's good well, to see you. Yeah, I thought that's what you we're wanted. We're good. We're good. Okay. We're good. All right. Thank you. Sure. We'll be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Go subscribe to the game's YouTube channel at the game Louisiana. That way you can check out the latest original videos and more shenanigans from the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Well, that was lots of fun. I really didn't know. I mean, I you know, I text him. Can you come on? He's, I asked him about Tuesday and Wednesday would be better, and said that's fine. Wednesday's fine. And um, but I didn't know he was coming in, so it worked worked out good. Yeah, we we were. If y'all could have seen the back end here, we were flinging cameras around and <laughs> setting microphones up. That was fun. <laughs> Sorry about that, but really, I did not know. All of a sudden, he's here. But no, I. Again, literally, Jake's a guy that you could just sit there and talk to football. He would talk football all day, and he would. Yeah, and, we, and, he could have done the whole show. Yeah, sure. he could have done the whole two hours just talking football. I, and I, I like talking to him. And Again, he and I don't always agree, but uh, there's always a lot of passion from both sides. When it, it, It's fun. It was um, when I was doing Facebook Lives, doing Saints game, he, he came and sat in with me one time. He thought, it's like, you need to calm down. <laughs> you crazy. Uh, that's funny. Uh, he is he 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 is a treasure for sure and always enjoy. I haven't actually hadn't talked to him in a while. It it had been too long. But uh and did you notice cuz he normally could talk a little trash and I did you notice how how humble he was when I asked him about his horse when he didn't want to talk about it. I'm like, "Man, you're a whole lot more humble in horse racing than you are in football." I'm just glad he got to tell you how good Mahomes is so that I'm not the only one. Well, again, I, I, I know how good Mahomes is, but I also know that Mahomes didn't do anything in the last four possessions of a, of a, a three-point football game. You can only give so much credit to a quarterback whose offense did nothing in the last four possessions of a three-point football game. Why, why is that hard? Why is that an unreasonable thing to it's say? It's fine. It's fine. It's just an overarching more like theme that I think like they would not even be anywhere remotely close to where they are without him. Whereas I think some of the other teams in the – I think Philly's still a playoff team without Jalen Hurts. Now it, it wouldn't be anywhere near what they were. But if Kansas it depends City who you're replacing them with, I always say yeah, that. I guess so. It That's all depends true. who you replace. If Joe Burrow Which, was in Kansas City, they'd probably do even better. Well, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know about better, but we would maybe, maybe so. Anyway, I don't know. But they would still be good. Again, all these guys are great quarterbacks, but that doesn't mean they win these individual football games. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. So, so man, every you, now I remember you telling me this a long time ago. Every time Jake 
you talk to Jake and you talk to me, we always bring up Bonnie Gate. That man didn't say one thing about Bonnie Gate. You see how messy you are. You told me that. You <laughs> so I'm here to break the ice. Bounty no, when, when I Bounty. when I when I call him the Arnolds, and and out of respect for Jake, I say y'all. I don't know if you notice that. Normally, I would say the Arnolds. He even brought up King Benedict. And did you see how Dom Capers? Did you see how much respect? Look, I, I didn't say anything. I let it fly. But when I do say the Arnolds, he 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 always comes back with Bonnegate. But I didn't say the Arnolds because I was trying to respect his. Willingness to come in here. Okay. Okay. Oh, I, I guess we can let you slide. But listen, you need to have this cat on every day. More, the, the, the station is more listenable. Have a good day. <laughs> no, look, uh, we probably don't get to talk to Jake enough. But like he said, he did 13 of the 17 games. So he does a lot of a lot of traveling and, and stuff. And, uh, you know, I don't like to overly burden people. But, no, I always appreciate when 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 he comes on, no, it, it was um, the the great thing. Like you know, a lot of people, and I had kind of forgotten it when until he said it. But he was in when he was with the Saints. Mike McCarthy was the offensive coordinator, so he worked with Mike McCarthy for several years. Um, so some of these guys, because guys switch teams so often, and they have these they have these relationships with players and or coaches and any and, and like he mentioned even trainers that go to a different team. So that gives him him insight. And you know I forget who it was. Jake knew uh, had a buddy who was I think he said I forget the exact story was like related to Justin Herbert or grew up near Justin Herbert somehow and the guy always told him and Jake I remember Jake telling me years ago this guy Justin Herbert's going to this guy keeps telling me how special he's going to be, and he was right. Because at Oregon, it's funny. Like, he was good, but he didn't look like he was going to be, like, a top, you know, an elite quarterback. I'm sure there are plenty of Dolphin fans that wish they would have taken him. Um, the only problem with where he ended up is the Chargers, and the Chargers are always do Charger things. They, they're t- I don't know. They are just a mess, the Chargers. They never uh, – Josh Wilcox is the guy's name that, that he was buddies with. But it's um, – uh, the, the Chargers just always seem to mess things up. And um, we'll see. Maybe maybe uh, Justin will be able to overcome that. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. All right, we'll take a timeout. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Casper the Quitter. Casper the Quitter. Now, the former New Orleans Saints longtime head coach who quit on the team after a tough season also known as Sean Payton. Now back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Jake kept bringing up Jalen Hurts' shoulder or arm injury. And 
it, it does make you think, you know, he had some good passes in the first playoff win over the Giants. You wonder if the Chiefs defense can do the equivalent of what he was talking about, like making Mahomes roll to his left and have to throw against his body with an injured right ankle, which looked, you know, he completed some, but you could tell it really messed with him. Uh, You know, it seems like both defenses are going to be in a position to try to make these, you know, less than healthy quarterbacks take advantage of their ailments, and we'll see how which which one can maybe force some turnovers. I, I I still think the ability to run the football though should give Eagles play caller some latitude that Andy Reid's not going to have. But we'll see how it plays out. As they say, that's why they play the game. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Kevin, I tell you what, the two best props are going to be for the Super Bowl. Have you been looking at the props? Do you like any of them? I, I, you have to help me with that. I don't know. I have not. Well, I think the two best props are Jalen Hurts under 248 yards pass. What I like that. right there is going to be more of irrelevant. And I think Philly's going to win, so that's going to make that even more because they're going to run the ball. So I think that's a good one there. And the second one I like the best is McKinnon over 22 yards of receiving. What's the best way you stop down a, a hit of pass rush? It's only 22 yards? I know. And look, what's the best way you slow down a pass yeah. rush? Throw screens, right? Yeah. Now, uh, but wait, is how much is Hilaire going to play? Because I saw he got activated. I, could, well, I had Hilaire on my fantasy team. When he was healthy, sort of, uh, there was a while he was sitting on the bench not even playing. So don't even worry about that. He ain't going to play way more. But McKinnon, it's going to be a McKinnon game for the Chiefs. Because I think they're going to use McKinnon because of the dump down and the screen uh, action a lot more than Pacheco because he's not as much a pass catcher as McKinnon. Now, well, I, just, I hope it's not Pacheco because that guy, he runs so hard. He aggravates me watching that guy play. He runs so hard. Well, he's good, Kevin, but I'm just saying, look, those are the two best props. Uh, Hurts under that, a 248, and uh, uh, McKinnon over 22 yards. He's going to get that in the first quarter. I, I, I think the McKinnon 22 yards I would take before the – I would say put that one number one. All right. Well, y'all have a good All weekend. right. Take care. No, I don't. I would think, yeah, he 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 would get that for sure. Well, if you, it is, it's tough. But Pacheco, they did throw the ball to Pacheco in the championship game. He had they five did. catches for fifty nine yards, yes. and McKinnon only had two for seventeen. But yeah, I, and then I, Alaire does add a level to that. But that's the thing. I mean, I'm not like one to look at prop bets and stuff. But one one catch up the sideline could get him seventeen yards if he breaks a tackle. So, but then again, he could literally not play a snap. We just we don't know. So. Those types of things are tough, but and if they were easy, you know, like they're the numbers where it is for a reason, because right? They've they've done their homework. But I agree that you know the the only thing about the two forty eight is that they're going to probably give him some opportunities to beat him, figuring that he's not going to really be able to. And their offense, they have big, they produce big plays because they can run the football. Like, guys, they, when they complete passes, they hit a lot of big passes. I want to say I, I heard a stat, like, they have more passes of, like, over 20 yards than anybody in the league because, like, they are they complete a lot of big plays. I, I did not think 
um, which is the name from Alabama, Devonta was going to be that good of a receiver in the NFL. He's he's been really good. He he, he to me he has because you know it wasn't that long ago that the Eagles' biggest problem and it was that way for years that they just didn't have any kind of talented depth at wide receiver. And and now they have you know these two really big play receivers. Well, and that that goes to show you when a front office like finds a need and fully addresses it. They didn't go out and get one guy. They went out and they drafted Devontae Smith, and then they traded for AJ Brown, and then they solidified Dallas Goddard at tight end. And it's like they turned a weakness into a strength pretty quickly. They did now, but again, all of that, or almost all of that, in my opinion, the big plays and all that is because of how they can run the football. You have to be able to run the football. I mean, you, you got to have running backs or a scheme. Like, I don't think their running backs are anything special at all. But they have a great running quarterback, and they have a great running scheme. Like, they – and it's very unique. I, I just – Well, and not to say that their running backs are elite, but they have a couple of – Kenny Gainwell is a guy who doesn't play a ton, but, I mean, he can provide you something in the open space. But if, and, but if he played for the Saints, we wouldn't think he was any good. Well, Boston Scott did play for the Saints, and we let him go. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they—that was just voluntarily. But I would take Gainwell, like any NFL runner. You got to be able to run the football. Um, like, for instance, people say Buffalo's got no running game. Well, if Singletary played for the Eagles, we would think he was really good. I'm telling you, because they would figure out a way. He's not untalented, Singletary. They're just they don't have a, a running, run the ball, running scheme like the Eagles do. And, and their quarterback can run it, and but but he's a different kind of a runner. And so I I'm telling you, if Singletary played for the Eagles, we would think he was this great running back. And that's why I so much of what makes these individuals shine on so many different levels is because of coaching and, and and the scheme and do you have a defense and do you have an offensive line and blah, blah, blah. That's why I always say it's a team game. I know you and Jake and most of the people listening out there disagree with me. You saw Jake doing the quarterback thing. I just, it's. But, I'm, but, but you know, Jake helped me out in that interview because I meant to ask him about the Mark Ingram running out of bounds, and he brought it. He brought that up too. Unbelievable. So it's, again, it's not just me that that play should have never happened. Should have never happened. I still can't believe that happened. Still unbelievable to me that that happened. But no, he also brought up another good point. If you're Derek Carr, why do you not want to come to the NFC South? It looks pretty inviting right now. You know, maybe before the Super Bowl, we'll hear something on that. We'll see. Thanks for Jake and Koki coming on. Y'all have a nice day.